Welcome to the Heart of the Athlete. This is Reggie Etheridge welcoming you to the radio program for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, featuring what God is doing in the hearts and lives of coaches and athletes in Idaho. Now, here are your hosts. Well, good morning, folks, and welcome to the Heart of the Athlete. I'm Ken Lewis, the director for FCA here in Idaho, and uh, with me in the studio is our co-host, Pablo Moreno. Good morning, Ken. It's great to have you in here, Pablo, and uh, it's great to have you on staff with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. You've been on staff now for over two years now. Going into my third year, and been an awesome journey of wearing different hats that I didn't think I'd be able to wear, like helping to host a radio show every Saturday morning. <laughs> That's right. It's a, it's a great blessing. Yes. And uh, Well, I know, Pablo, we were in our summer series of listening to our camp speakers that were at the Northwest FC Sport Camp held um, that we have each each summer in the month of June over at NNU in Nampa. And uh, today, this morning, we get to hear from Dan Russell. Mm-hmm. He finished out our week. He actually has a has a book titled Finish Strong. And the uh, the daily theme for that that day was that as well, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the last day's, full day's main theme was finish strong. And Dan did a phenomenal job of using his life story to tie into the theme and his book that he wrote of finishing strong in, in whatever season of life we're in or whatever whatever activity we're a part of. Right. For those of you who don't know Dan, Dan was uh, actually grew up uh, his childhood here in Idaho in the Wilder Homedale area. And he and his brother and his family and um uh, he uh, went on to move to Oregon, went to, was a four-time high school uh, state wrestling champion, both in freestyle, Greco, and then regular folk style wrestling high school, and then went on and wrestled at Portland State University and was a four-time NCAA champ there. Um, he was ranked number one in the world in 1995 in, in Greco-Roman. Um, he was, uh, he, he, he should have been on our, uh, t- ni- our, our 92 Olympic team, uh, wrestling team. And ended up having a broken uh, a rib right before that, and then uh, had another injury in '96. But he was actually uh, ranked number one in the world at the time, and uh, had another in- another injury. But uh, he actually was a, a coach, uh, got to coach in the Olympics in 2000 and 2004, and then he currently is on staff with USA Wrestling and uh, as their ambassador of peace. So. Um, but before we hear from Dan, we want to thank our sponsors. And uh, first of all, Awakenings Coffee House there in the northwest corner of Overland Five Mile. Appreciate their support, as well as Jim's Well Drilling. If you need a well drilled, uh, you have an issue with your current well, give us a call and we'll get Jim, we'll give you Jim's info. And then uh, his contact info. And then sec- or thirdly is uh, Skip Hall and Associates, his wealth uh, management and investment planning uh, uh, services and, and business that they have here in Boise. We appreciate their support. And then also Mike Verdon, Auto and RV Sales. Uh, without these these folks, we wouldn't be able to, to be on the air. We appreciate their support, both of the program and the FCA. Well, Pablo, this, this is going to be fun to listen to Dan Russell this morning. Yeah, let's hear it. Because our God is the God of hope, and how we perceive God dictates how we receive from God, we know that our breakdown is God's breakthrough. And life is like a glow stick. Sometimes you have to break before you shine. So Jesus said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, 
Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who came before you. So we're not going to look down and get distressed. We're not going to look around and get stressed. We're not going to look inside and get depressed. We're going to look up and get blessed because we are too blessed to be stressed. And Jesus rose so you could rise. So we go through life as kingdom ambassadors, as Paul said, as the game changers, world shapers, risk takers, history makers, sun stoppers, storm stillers, wave walkers, giant killers for the kingdom of God. Come on. We are utterly invincible. The enemy can't stop us, especially when we go through life together. Now, here's why we have so much hope. Here's why we have so much faith. Here's why we can live up to our camp theme, strong. Here's why we can be strong when everything is going wrong. To illustrate my point, what I want to do is I want to play with you a little game. So, last year, how many of you were at camp last year? So fun. Okay, how many of you remembered we played this game called Save or Kill? Does anybody remember that game? Where whatever you save, you have to kill the other thing, and whatever you kill, you have to save the opposite thing. It's called Save or Kill. So last night in my dorm, I, I'm like, I want to play this game again, only I'm going to come up with totally new Save or Kill uh, decisions, okay? So here we go. This is a totally new list that I just made up. So whatever you save, you have to kill the other thing. Whatever you kill, you have to save the opposite. Are you tracking with me? So, not by raised hands, but by round of applause only. Who would you save and who would you kill between, number one, the Power Rangers, or number two, the Ninja Turtles? How many of you would save the Power Rangers? Okay. I see you. How many of you would save the Ninja Turtles? Wow. Okay. Okay. Ninja Turtles win. Okay, how about this one? New Star Wars or old Star Wars? Okay, how many of you would save the new Star Wars? I'm with you. I stand in solidarity with you. How many of you would save the old Star Wars? Okay. Okay, here we go. Marvel or DC? Okay. How many of you would save DC? How many of you would save Marvel? That was a blowout. Okay. Here we go. Ready? This is for the basketball players and for everybody, but here we go. Actually, I'm gonna just, I just thought of this one right now. I'm gonna throw in a tennis one. <laughs> Let's give a hand to the tennis players, these legends over here. Rafael Nadal or Roger Federer? Okay, how many of you would save Roger Federer? How many of you would save Rafael Nadal? That was close. I think Nadal won, but that was close. Okay, here's the basketball one for everybody, though. Ready? LeBron. Or Kobe. 
Now, let me just say I'm voting for Kobe. How many of you also would vote to save Kobe Bryant? How many of you would save LeBron? I, did Kobe win or am I mistaken? Kobe won? Okay, okay, I like this. Okay, this is my favorite one. You ready? We're going back in time. Drum roll, please. Okay, here we go. High School Musical. Or Camp Rock. <laughs> Zach or Joe here. Here we go. <laughs> How many of you would save Camp Rock? How many of you would save High School Musical? We're all in this together. Okay. Okay, I just have three more. Hulk? or Thor? How many of you would save Hulk? How many of you would save Thor? Okay. Thor wins. Two more, two more. For you Hunger Games fans, here we go. Pita or Gale? Who would you save? Who would you kill? How many of you would save Gale? What? How many of you would save Pita? Did we just tie just now? Let me try that again. How many of you would save Gale? How many of you would save Pita? I, what do you guys think? I don't know. PETA? PETA? I don't know. PETA. I'm going to say PETA. This is pandemonium in here. Okay, here we go. Last one. Aslan. Or Gandalf. Who would you save? Who would you kill? How many of you would save Gandalf? How many of you would save Aslan? Okay, Aslan wins. Did you know Aslan in Persian means lion? So Jesus called the lion of the tribe of Judah. You have chosen correctly, my friends. Here's the thing. What would I choose? Oh, I, I don't remember. Kobe, Thor. I don't know, Peter and Gail, they're pretty close. Here we go. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane was faced with this save or kill decision. Here's the thing. The Roman lynch mob came to arrest him, and his choice was either, I'm going to save myself and kill my enemies because I have power for conquest, or I'm going to let them kill me and save my enemies and give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus was faced with this same save or kill decision, only for him, it was something real. It wasn't something fantastic. It was something intimate. It's either, either I'm going to save myself and kill my enemies, or I'm going to let them kill me and I'm going to save them. Either I'm going to be the king who conquers the earth by bathing the world in the blood of my enemies, or I'm going to overcome the world by bathing my enemies in the world with my own blood. 
And Jesus full on had powers to wipe everybody out. There's this story in the Gospels where the Roman soldiers were supposed to arrest Jesus. And they come to apprehend him. And the soldiers couldn't arrest him. They come back to their CO, their commanding officer, their boss. And they said, we can't arrest Jesus. And the commanding officer said, why not? And the soldier said, because no one ever spoke like this guy. (gasps) Could you imagine, like, you're supposed to arrest somebody and you go back to the police station. You're like, sorry, I couldn't arrest him. He was such a sweet talker. It's like, what, did he have an AK-47? No, he had a John 3.16. Gra. <laughs> the Bible says the word of God is the sword of the spirit. It was a weapon. No weapon formed against him could prosper. In fact, in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Bible says when they came to arrest Jesus, they said, who is Jesus of Nazareth? And Jesus, in his final hours, he said, I am. What was he doing? He was quoting that bush that liked to do existentialist poetry on its free time. The burning bush that said, I am that I am. Jesus quotes the bush, he says, I am, and the minute he said, I am, everybody fell down backwards. (laughs) They all just like fall down backwards. And what he was saying is, I have total power to wipe out everybody right now, but instead, in the save or kill decision, Jesus chose to save his enemies and let them kill him instead because God demonstrated his love and that he would go to the ends of the earth, even across the master of heaven, bankrupting the kingdom to sell everything that he has to buy you his pearl of great price to prove his love for you. What I'm saying is we have one on our team who's braver than Batman, stronger than Superman, more indomitable than Iron Man, more audacious than Ant-Man. The Bible calls him the son of man, Jesus Christ, because he before you, nobody can be against you. I used to be scared of the dark, but now the dark is scared of me. (laughs) He loves you so much. And as we talked about last night, his perfect love casts out all fear. He would go to death to prove this to you. And by the way, uh, I do want to say this. A lot of people don't realize this about Jesus. He was crucified because he was the ultimate rebel. Like when he called himself the son of God, in his time, in, there, there were coins that had the image of Caesar Augustus, kind of like we have George Washington on our coins. They had Caesar Augustus, and the coin said Son of God, speaking of Caesar Augustus. So Jesus hijacks the phrase. He's like, actually, that's me. No wonder Rome crucified him. In fact, his message was called the gospel. Jesus didn't invent the word gospel. The word gospel was Roman military propaganda. When Titus of the various and sundry Roman generals would go out and win a victory, they would preach the gospel throughout the nation that Rome established the Pax Romana by killing her enemies. And Jesus took the, the, the Roman gospel, the politically charged term, and redeemed it and inversed it, whipped it on its head. The Roman gospel was peace through victory, In other words, we get peace by killing everybody. Jesus' gospel was not peace through victory. It was victory through peace. I get the ultimate victory by laying down my life for my enemies. Save them, kill me. And that's how I conquer. That's how I win. So he used the phrase son of God, used of Caesar Augustus. He used the word gospel, used by the Roman Empire. In fact, this gets nutty. I just learned this a few weeks ago. But there was an emperor in Rome named Caesar Domitian. And he would actually be followed around everywhere he went. And a choir sang of him, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive all glory and power and honor. 
John, at the same time that Caesar Domitian is being followed around by choir, saying, you are worthy, our Lord and God, Caesar Domitian, to receive all glory and honor and power, John the Apostle writes in the book of Revelation that, that God is on the throne, and everyone in the heavenly choir sings, you can find it in Revelation, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. <gasps> no wonder they tried to kill him, too. In fact, this is dope. They tried to kill John the Apostle, but he wouldn't die. The, the king tried to poison his cup, he drank it and didn't die. So then they put him in a cauldron of boiling oil, again, he didn't die. So then they sequestered him to a desert island, and not only did he not die, he came back with the bestseller, the book of Revelation. He was invincible, indomitable. So watch this, it gets even crazier. It was said of the Roman Emperor Caesar that he had historically, watch this, he had ascended up to the heavens to sit at the right hand of the gods. Luke then writes in his story, Jesus ascended up to heaven to sit at the right hand of the throne of God. This was like an anti-empire. Remember like the rebel alliance in Star Wars? <laughs> That's what the early Jesus movement was. It was a bunch of courageous people who were at war. Not by using weapons, but rather by loving their enemies. They were getting persecuted and killed, but the blood of the martyrs was the seed of the church. And the more they tried to kill these Christians, they were like whack-a-moles. The more they just kept popping up. They couldn't lose, and it just kept growing. Now, the question is, what is this kingdom that King Jesus is ruling over that he would give his life to found? Watch this. Napoleon Bonaparte said, and I quote, I have known men, and Jesus Christ is no mere man. Alexander, Caesar, Charlemagne, myself, we have all founded empires, but upon what did we rest the creation of our genius? Upon force. Jesus Christ founded his empire upon love, and at this hour, millions of men would die for him. End quote. Napoleon was saying Jesus is the king of all the kings. That's why when Jesus was crucified, there was a sign above him that said king of the Jews in three languages, Latin, Greek, and Hebrew. Latin was the language of Rome, politics. Hebrew was the language of the Old Testament, religion. Greek was the language of the philosophers. So Jesus is king not only of the Jews, but over politics, over religion, and over philosophy. No wonder everybody wanted to kill him. Because he's coming in with this resistance movement, showing that the weak is the new strong, exposing the myth of redemptive violence, turning the other cheek, laying down his life to establish a kingdom that's unlike anything else. The Bible says this is what the kingdom of God is. It is righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. Peace. Everybody say peace. And joy in the Holy Ghost. Everybody say joy in the Holy Ghost. Number one, it's righteousness. Have you guys seen the first Finding Nemo? You remember Crush the turtle? You remember Crush? <laughs> you remember him and his little, like, his little son? They would surf the currents, they would throw shakas with their flippers, and what did they say? Righteous! Righteous! That's what the Bible says is happening in heaven. The four and twenty elders are bowing down before the throne, and they're saying, Righteous! And true are your judgments! When the Bible says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, what it's saying is, even though we might not understand what's happening in our life right now, even though we don't get why we, un even though we don't get why our hearts have been broken, even though we can't comprehend why we go through trials and tribulations, one day in heaven, we're going to throw proverbial shakas at the throne, and Revelation says we're going to declare, say it with me now, 
That was awful. Let's try that again. Everybody say it with me. Righteous. So what we do by faith is right now we say, righteous God. Hindsight's 2020. I can only connect the dots looking backwards, and I'm going to look back on my life in eternity, and I'm going to say, wow, you were never doing anything against me. You were only doing things for me. Righteousness. Righteous. Number two, peace, peace, peace. Watch this. The kingdom of God is peace. The kingdom of God is inside you. Paul the apostle said, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Where are the baseball players at? Where are our baseball players? Are there two baseball players? How many baseball players are there? Where are our baseball players? Over here? Okay, you guys are going to like this. Watch. When Paul said, let the peace of God rule in your heart, you want to know what the word for rule is in the Greek language? It's our same English word for umpire. So it's let the peace of God umpire your heart. So the peace of God will either call you out or the peace of God will say, you're safe. So sometimes in life, we're faced with decisions and we're at a crossroad. What college do I go to? What sport do I play? What person do I marry? What decision do I make? And we don't know which way to go. When you're faced with a tough decision, the Bible says, let the peace of God umpire your heart. So the Greek language literally is. So if you have peace in your heart about a decision, God is saying, you're safe. If, you, if you're lacking peace about making a certain decision, God's calling you out. Don't make that decision. I'm calling you out on the carpet. So the peace of God actually guides us. When you don't know what to do, do what you know, and you'll know what to do. The peace of God will rule your hearts. Number three, the kingdom of God is joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is joy in the Holy Ghost. It's holy happiness. Happy are those people whose God is the Lord. It's sacred optimism. It's Jesus' joy. The Bible says Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his fellows because we know that we're going to live happily ever after. Everything's going to be okay in the end, so if it's not okay, it's not the end. And it's okay if you're not okay. It's just not okay if you stay that way. Well, folks, you just heard from Dan Russell, uh, four-time NCAA champ and our speaker at camp, uh, the final night of camp, right, Pablo? And and Finish Strong was his title, and and that was the theme for the day. Yeah, Finish Strong was the title of the book he just released not too long ago, and Finish Strong was the the title of that day's theme. And uh, what a great message he gave, and I think three points that stuck out to many people were the importance of having fearless faith, infectious hope and relentless love. And, and he talked about um, the way to find healing in, in, in your journey of whatever you've gone through is to be honest, be humble, and you'll be healed. So just great, simple truth nuggets he gave that are, are really practical in, in how we can move forward and finish strong in whatever we're pursuing in life. Yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned those, man, because that was, yeah, I mean, just uh, just great truth nuggets. Mm-hmm. And uh well, folks, if you're interested in, in uh, getting Dan's book, Finish Strong, we've got copy, extra copies of that in our FCA office here. And uh, you can get a hold of us at fcaidaho.org. Also, if you want to go back and listen to Helen Marillis or um, Ben Corson or re-listen to this Dan Russell message, you can, you can do that on the website here at 94.1 FM. And uh, they have those uh, archived on there. And uh, so... Uh, but if, you, if you're if interested in Dan's book, we'd love to help uh, get
get that to you. And if you're interested in more information about FCA here in the state of Idaho or Eastern Oregon, uh, you can get more information there and contact Pablo or myself or Ryan Seals on the, the west end of the Treasure Valley or um, Sean Rooney, who's our, our Canyon County Director at fcaidaho.org. Well, Pablo, it's great. Uh, camp was an awesome time this year, wasn't it? It's been an amazing time. You know, college students were there a total of nine days and the campers about four and a half. Very transformative. And uh, if you have a student that has not joined us, they're going to be a seventh through 12th grade. Please have them plan on coming. Plan a year in advance to save. It's an amazing experience where students are trained in their sport, but also trained uh, to be better disciples of Christ. So yeah, hey, give us a call or shoot us an email and get our contact info at fcaidaho.org. Thanks for listening today. If you are interested in getting involved with FCA or would like to donate to the FCA ministry, you can contact us through the FCA Idaho website at fcaidaho.org. Join us next week for The Heart of the Athlete, a production of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Idaho and KBXL, The Voice. Yeah.